The LeBron thing is actually pretty unique because he was born in essentially Cleveland yeah. in Akron, whatever Akron's, the fuck Akron's, that is. Akron's so shitty that you tell people you're from Cleveland. That's yeah. how shitty Akron is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the sick kid at school. It's really kind of sad. Yeah, like a kid at school gets cancer or something, and they all like decide they're going to give him everything he wants. You be principal for the day. If you're a principal for the day, you're you're dying. Just your parents may not tell you that, but if you're if you get to teach a class for a day, you have like a week left to live. Why don't condoms come in multiple sizes? I don't understand this. Why is there not like a Magnum, a regular size, and like uh, like Chinese? <laughs> Hi, welcome to Last Man Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt is bracing for porn stars coming out of his past with shocking revelations. So there will be no 60-minute special on Matt's legendary onset fluffing services. <laughs> even, Anderson Stu- even Anderson Cooper couldn't stomach that. By the way... I watched that video. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we need a rule about porn stars. Like, they're, You can't talk to them and, and pretend like they're actual people with I, credibility i felt worse i don't know why i felt worse for anderson we're gonna talk about this in a minute why i felt worse for anderson cooper but he's like i think he fancies himself a legitimate journalist first which is iffy but at least he like he thinks that way mm-hmm. he they make him do that new year's eve special with uh, the other the, the other gay dudes and stuff like that he looks very uncomfortable but it's in his contract but you can't imagine he wanted the biggest 60 minutes interview of the last 10 years to be with a porn star talking about sex with trump and he also appeared, they, she made him take like a selfie with her afterwards. <laughs> the whole thing was just really embarrassing. And also, I feel like inherently, I don't know if this might be my bias, but I feel like gay dudes are really against the idea of exposing people's sexual backgrounds mm. because he probably took a lot of shit early in his career. I mean, past the modeling for being a gay guy in, in journalism, openly gay guy. And I always feel like gay guys are kind of on the, on the, on the position of we don't want to talk about what people do in the bedroom. Yeah, a little more protective of uh, of that. Uh, we're going to talk about her breasts momentarily. Uh, let me get to the sponsorship. This week's Last Minute Earth podcast is sponsored by protest marches. People used to fish and play sports and teach their kids how to whittle. Now they bond with signs about murder and vaginas. <laughs> protest marches, making America great again. I sent you that photo, by the way, of the uh, vagina and the gun thing, didn't I, from the... From this last week's March. Oh, yeah. What did it say? It said, uh, uh, guns, your gun has more rights than my vagina. Okay. So you can bring a vagina into the airport. You can yes. bring a vagina into a school zone. You can bring, you can bring vaginas into Parkland High School. There's uh, actually no restrictions on carrying a vagina. So that doesn't make any sense. No. I also, I, uh, pretty, I mean, whether or not you're a strict constructionist or a loose constructionist on the Constitution, pretty, pretty clearly mentions guns in the Constitution. Uh, and it does not mention abortion, which they're really talking about whatsoever. Now they've intuited that there's a right; women have a right to an abortion in latter-day America, and I don't have a problem with that necessarily. But there's clearly not a like Eleventh Amendment for like, and thou shalt have a right to like <laughs> abortions on demand, <laughs> paid for by the taxpayers. That's clearly not there. It's sort of been built into the laws since. But you know, there is an inherent constitutional advantage for guns over over abortion rights that's right. just clearly sp- spelled out and by the way i think we've now reached a pretty even status where a gun i think buying a gun and getting an abortion probably take about the same amount of time and it costs about the same yeah i mean it's not hard to get an abortion even if you're in texas it, you know they make it a little more difficult but if you're determined to do that you certainly are able to well, i'd say half the states in the country it's easier to get an abortion than a gun and then half the states is easier to get a gun than an, abor- than an abortion. But it's about the same. It'll run you about 400 bucks either way. 
Uh, in some states, you have to wait a week, a week, up to a week to get a gun. Some states, you've got to wait 48 hours to get an abortion. But generally, within a week, for 400 bucks, you can get yourself either a gun or abortion anywhere you want to go. Yeah. Uh, I'm not buying that. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Minute Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Minute Podcast. All right, on to the show. Matt, let's get back to Stormy Daniels in her enormous, so smaller breasts than they used to be. I thought you were going to say enormous pupils. Uh, she, has, uh, she, was, she was heavily dilated. You isn't think? a? Uh, I, I don't know, but a, a requisite. Don't you have to be sober-ish to do an interview? Like you can't just be all fucked up on drugs. And- I would assume they would just drug. I, first of all, I assume Anderson Cooper was drugged up. <laughs> He's got to be taking Xanax constantly. And then I assume she was taking some sort of uh, prescribed pharmaceutical to relax herself for the interview. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Did you feel like she was on some... Do you think she was on something stronger than that? Or do you think she was on a, on a Valium or something like that? I don't know. Probably an opiate of some sort. Yeah. She was... I mean, here's the thing. If you're going to put up a porn star on national TV on the biggest like CV, uh, 60 Minutes interview in 10 years, which it was ratings-wise, uh, you're going to want to drug her. You just wanna, you're going to want to know exactly what she's saying and she follows the script. Well, considering how poorly it could have gone awry on many levels when you're dealing with a porn star who's, you know, she has no credibility. She's all over the place um, on these charges. She did have sex with him. She didn't, et cetera. Um, You know, she held it together reasonably well. I mean, she was kind of babbling and incoherent at times, but... But she didn't sound like a a double anal skank. She didn't sound like she was like a wasted drug addict or something. No, she seemed like she reasonably... I mean, she didn't come off as a crazy, like, street person. No, I'd call her a B student from high school. (laughs) She was not like a, she was not an eighth grade dropout or something like that. She seems reasonably reasonably well-spoken and reasonably coherent. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, really, honestly, all she has to say is that I spanked him, (laughs) had sex with him, (laughs) and that I don't, here's the thing about the whole Stormy Daniels thing. I don't even understand what, I mean, outside of the fact that people hate Trump and they'll find anything in his past, uh, you know, first of all, the shit he talked about openly, like on Howard Stern for all those years, was way worse than this. Like, I, there's no, all you have to do is go back and listen to the Howard Stern tapes where he talks about, like, fucking lots of hot models, basically. Yeah. Like, he's, I mean, and then the Billy Bush tapes with him talking about how he can grab chick's pussy and stuff. This is, like, having consensual sex with an adult film star is nothing compared to what people already confirmed know about him and didn't seem to care about too much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like this is not like a, this isn't like Jimmy Carter. You find a porn star in Jimmy Carter's past that he was having sex with that would be super shocking to people. This is a a gross dude who slept with a lot of women. He's been married three times. The most recent time to an escort. escort. Well, did he ever admit to paying for sex before? Because that might be a new thing. Well, he didn't. That pay, a lot of people. He aren't didn't pay cool for with. the sex. He paid for her not to talk about it afterwards. Which I think if I don't know if you had a endless amount of money and you had sex with a sort of disgusting looking porn star I don't think would you pay her just to never tell anybody about it uh, that seems like a well he's married, out of my he's own married. campaign funds he's married uh. he's married for he's married for one so there was that so it looked even though he wasn't a he was a just a TV figure it would look kind of bad I mean here's the thing he definitely paid her for sex at some she's not volunteer a porn star is going to get something out of fucking you especially if you're gross uh, yeah I, I don't know if there's a pre here's the thing I used to work with, uh, I used to know and work with a lot of these uh, Playboy models, sort of uh, uh, naked models way back in the day. And they all had rich man benefactors, many many of whom were were married, rich business guys, Hollywood guys, New York media guys who wanted to have sex with hotter models or even porn stars or chicks they saw on 
TV having sex or whatever thing. And there was always an arrangement. It was never cash. It was always they bought them cars or paid their rent or some shit like that. And it was she always, gets to hang around Mar-a-Lago and meet other rich dudes that are going to pay her or whatever. Yeah, and she gets a nice, so he buys her like a Benz or something like that or whatever it is. These, these, I mean, these girls used to have these benefits, these guys, and they were like, and I don't know if their wives knew about it. They probably did or didn't and didn't care. You marry a gross older dude, you get what you get. I don't see the story about this, and I'm kind of, you know, you and I both don't like Trump, but he actually got a bump. Did you see he got a bump in the polls from this? Yeah, he's like the highest yes. he's ever been. Because I think people people who hate him don't really understand that like there's so many valid reasons to hate him that when you start going off the reservation on like personal picky and shit, especially about sex, especially when like seventy percent of married guys have cheated on their wives, and even liberals kind of aren't supposed to like really be interested in people's sex lives. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a counter effect of like we hate the accuser more than we hate the guy who had sex with a big titted <laughs> porn star. Yeah, and also in terms of like. I certainly would not call Trump a class act. I, no. I don't believe anyone would, but he didn't pick like a teeny pigtailed porn star that no. was wearing like weird high socks all the time for some reason. Um, you know, he picked like a mature tramp stamp. One, picked- of, one of the last tramp stamps yes. in porn left. He also, yeah, yeah he picked, uh, uh, well, I call her scorned gaper. She was. Uh- <laughs> She was also like, I, I didn't care when Clinton had sex with the with the fat intern, shoved the cigar up her twat. I honestly didn't care about that. I thought that was awesome. I didn't think it was awesome only because if she had been a hot actress, it would have been awesome. But like the fat like chick with the th- whole thong thing, snapping thing was kind of gross to me. Yeah, <laughs> it was just it was very trailer trashy. At least Trump went with like the girl that as gross as she is, like forty million guys would beat off to at some point. She's a she's a a, a common uh, commercial commodity. Yeah. She is someone that, while she's not, she kind of looks a little, little odd and off. There are millions and millions of guys like beating off to her night, nightly. So she's been approved by the general population. Well, you know, men. Trump would pick the porn star with the not very attractive, way too large, gaudy, over the top breasts, right? Yes. Like Trump is not going to pick a hot uh, Czech model with a nice C cup. Like Trump is. Well, going, no, you marry you marry that woman, right? <laughs> you, you marry that. Because <laughs> you got to switch it up at that point. Yeah, but you knew it was going to be something ridiculous. I mean, she's like a niche, probably an eight if you're into like the porn star look, maybe a seven. Well, she also had the, uh, I, you saw the pictures of her from her, her actress days. She had those like 48 double D jugs. Mm-hmm. She had those like oversized implants where there's like huge stripper tits, like those obscenely large stripper tits, which clearly, and by the way, he only slept with her one time. He only had sex with her one time. So it wasn't like he was that obsessed with her. He just... Probably someone met her at a party or met someone who knew her at a party and said, hey, you know, she's a fan of yours. She can come back to your hotel room. He's like, show me a picture of her. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think guys, even though he's gross, completely relate to that. And so this is a huge backfire as far as I can tell. Yeah. I, you know, no matter how progressive you are, there's always going to exist some sort of stigma about fucking people on camera. And, like, you're just not going to get you're not going to be looked at as as a legitimate person in that case like I, even a hundred years from now i think it'll still be the same i think it's something intrinsic uh that people have where you think it turned off by it well but, uh, tons of people watched obviously i think they're they, they will always be judgmental of it so i, I clicked on her first video and, oh i see and she's eating some dude's ass oh you and, mean you mean the, you mean the porn star i thought you meant trump oh no no I, I think people yeah no sex workers will always be seen as like here's the funny thing like the two, the two people, the two categories of people we've never listened to before are sex workers and teenagers. 
right. and this past week that we were told by everyone we had to listen to sex workers. Teenagers. I would almost put reality show person in that. I just put them under sex workers, <laughs> unless they're teenagers. But like those are the, like, realistically, if someone said, "Hey, I got some great advice from a teenager for you," or you got to hear what this porn star is saying, you would just dismiss it out of hand immediately. Absolutely, <laughs> because but this past week, it's like. They were the people like that media was pushing forward, and it's all sort of anti-Trump, whatever. But it's like that's no, it's like no, I'm not listening to. I have teenagers; they're idiots. I, you and I, probably both know porn stars or sex workers. They're all here's a here, here's what I was trying to think what the male version of a porn star is. And it's not a male porn star, by the way. No, it's a drug dealer, right? Okay. I mean, women go into porn and men go into drug dealing, basically. Those are like sort of shifty underground businesses where you're seedy and it's like, in fact, you'll often find the drug dealer, male drug dealers on the set with the porn stars or <laughs> the boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is. So like if a drug dealer was on there talking about shit, you would never listen to a drug dealer. Well, do you think the sort of Obama supporter, Democrat leaning people, if this had been Obama accused of fucking Stormy Daniels, they'd be like, okay, well, she's just a porn star and no one should listen to her. Well, that's what they said about the Clinton, the Clinton girls. Right. It's a, it's a it completely. That's why I hate fucking partisan politics so much. It's completely opportunistic. You now live in a world. First, you had all the conservatives ripping on Clinton for being cheating on his wife and sleeping with interns and trailer trash and just being gross and disgracing the office. And, and now you have like the same people who defending him talking about like how listen to the porn star. Like women, who, you know, women hate fucking porn stars. Yeah. They would never let them with it. If they came within an inch of their husband, they would destroy them. And then they have to say, listen to the porn star. She seems really put together. She seems very <laughs> smart. She has a lot to say about bribery and corruption. Right. Like, it's so, so, so boldly hypocritical. Here's the thing. You should, no one should ever listen to a, a sex worker or a porn star or a stripper ever. No, they're shady and yes. they will make shit up. They got into the business because they're disreputable people. And they went through hell in the business. And they learned. It's like people go to prison. Like felons who go to prison. They don't come out better people. They come out worse people. No one goes into the porn business and comes out like a better person. They're all fucking... You can't... They're fucked in the head. You can't trust them. Yeah. Even, if even if they were nice people at one point. It's also... It's the same thing as people go to Washington to be politicians. Even if they were somewhat earnest in the beginning, once they get there, they get so fucked up, you can't trust anybody. That's a good point. And with a porn star, especially, it's like once they hit their mid-30s, I mean, they, they know that this isn't going to last forever and they don't have any skills outside of getting fucked so they start scheming yes. i mean they really do yes they do because they god knows they don't don't want to work 40 hours a week well so i mean she knew about this apparently for years and years obviously this she just came out with it recently because there's a money there's which a the lesson to me is there's a few yeah trump probably gross don't ever believe a porn star don't believe what they say now also we cannot get rid of this uh, underground economy where rich guys get to pay women for sex or to cover up sex, because that's why people be, men become rich in the first place. <laughs> and if we got rid of, like, think about how, how crappy we have, how crappy we've whittled down our presidential candidates now. If now all of a sudden we say, hey, by the way, if you ever paid for sex in the past or had an affair with your, uh, and your spouse, you can no longer run for president, that goes down even further. There's just nobody left. Who's yeah. going to run a fucking, who's going to who, what talented person, accomplished person would want to run for president, knowing they're going to be looking for people he or she had sex with in the past. Especially if you're if you're in politics. I mean, it's a whole cesspool yes. of people fucking each other. Yes. I mean, that's all they do because they're broken and lonely and they hate their lives and they hate their spouses. All they do is fuck each other. This was a this was a fail. I will give Trump, I got to say this, and the, the other girl, by the way, who looked much better, the um, 
Gosh, I can't remember her name. Uh, Playboy McDougal? model. Yeah, Kara McDougal, who I've met before, by the way. Hmm. Uh, very nice. They're all always very nice. Yeah. Uh, but they won't talk to you for more than a minute unless you're paying. <laughs> unless you're paying. Uh, she's, I give Trump some credit because a lineup of girls, a lineup of women who come out against him are much better looking than the typical lineup of girls that come out against other politicians. Well, he wasn't in politics, though. That's he was true. Just he, was a TV, a he was a TV rich celebrity. Rich TV guy. Yeah, yeah. Hung out in Florida. Because, like, when, like, say the... Even, but even when, like, the Usher herpes people came out oh, that was <laughs> in rough. that lineup, or, or the Clinton, if you, if you look at the, like, the Clinton ladies, especially now when they show them in 2017 or 18, the, like, the 90s Clinton women, like Paula mm-hmm. Jones and all those people lined up, it's a, it's a horror fest. So at least I get Trump something for porn stars and play, Playboy models or something there. Matt, let me ask you. I know you disagree with me on this. This will be a good one. Uh, are you sick yet of the kids from Parkland High School? I like them. I saw them on uh, Bill Maher, and I thought I was just very impressed with how well-spoken uh, they are. I mean, I would not have been able to deliver a speech like people would have not understood a word I was saying no. if I went on TV when I was in high school. No. You would have been like, uh, somebody shot somebody, I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's not good. Guns, bad. Let's go. All right, go. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know that the mic was on. I'd be talking about the, the anchor's tits. Don't they, don't they all feel like they have media training? I'm not talking about some conspiracy theory about them being media trained, but don't they all seem like more incredibly well-spoken than any average high school kid you know? And, yeah. were they, and, were they, and, who, and who selected this group of kids to represent the school? I, well, I think they were just the most articulate kids. That, that, I mean, they're theater kids, right? So I, they, um, well, yeah, that, I was struck by the fact that at least all the guys and some of the girls publicly have admitted they're, they're all gay, which <laughs> seems like... Seems like I mean it seems like they're mostly gay teenage boys. Well, like everyone's calling them, and you know I think this is not something I believe, but everyone's like their crisis act. Well, not everyone, but you know a certain contingent on Twitter and whatnot is like these are uh, you know actors, and it's like they are actors actually. Yes, yes. I mean literally they're they're actors. Yeah, no they've probably conspiracy. Done a lot they're of plays and taking a bunch of communications classes and whatnot. These are upscale, predominantly white kids from suburbia who probably have taken a lot of acting classes. Me. Do have done commercials in the past, or things tried out for parts and stuff like that. Florida actually is a big hotbed of commercial, like TV commercial activity. Mm. So a lot of Hollywood kids end up coming out of Florida because they have tons of acting schools there, and they shoot a lot of stuff around Orlando. So it's actually, which is not far from Parkland. So they actually do a lot of. T- they actually a lot of kids, good-looking kids, are getting the modeling and commercials and all shit in Florida, not having to come to Los Angeles. And they, they must, have, I mean, at a pretty young age, because people from Florida. I mean, I'm just picturing how, and I haven't got rid of it too much or tried to, but, like, just the accent of being in a regional place like yes. Florida. Like, if you know, you go two miles away. I mean, people talk like they're in Alabama, like yes. trailer trash. And these kids are like, you can't even pick up any kind you think of... Have an accent, you think they have accent training? You checked out their, like, their one sheets? I, I'm <laughs> guessing they must have. I mean... They, they, sound, they talk like 35-year-old people. They actually talk better than Bill Maher. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, they, you know, they are obviously tr- – they became selected, like you said, I think because – well, obviously they represent a point of view, they're a singular point of view. Um, but also I'm just sick of them because they just – look, none of them have acne. They all have clear skin, <laughs> which really bothers me. When I see clear-skinned teenagers, I always think it's the movie, like those multicultural gangs in the movies mm. where they all look like models from different shades of, of, of demographic <laughs> background, but they're all attractive and have perfect teeth. They have, like, the same face, just a different shade, <laughs> yes. basically. And they all have perfectly capped teeth, or, like, filed teeth and everything like that, but they're gangbangers. 
I, I don't, I'm just tired of them. I, I, for one, I feel sad because these kid, kids in particular, I think, picked were self-selected or picked themselves out because, like you said, they're drama kids that have a great media presence. So perhaps they weren't as psychologically impacted by the event, immediate events of that day. But I feel in general like you don't want to put kids who have been traumatized in front of cameras seven times a day on national TV shows in front of like large audiences or being brutalized on social media and campaigned against as they're being now because they put themselves in the gun debate. Right. It seems like a bad psychological response to what happened as opposed to like getting some counseling and shielding them from Yeah, it does because they're I mean they're making so many rounds of media appearances and I never even wondered like is school taking place or I have no idea what happens when that kind of you said they closed the school but it's like it's open school's been open again for a few weeks they closed it for like a month after the shooting uh yeah they're clearly missing school yeah they're missing school and and I don't know I I don't know if they if there was some kid who was like well I think we should arm the teachers and uh, we should all have guns and they're like okay well that's we're not going to run with that. Some hillbilly, you know, the poor kid in class or something. Um, I love the arm teacher's idea. Because I'm saying these are like theater, you know, to generalize, they're probably probably a little more progressive than maybe the football team, right? Yeah, these are, well, I mean, one, the lead, what lead girl is a is Hispanic lesbian yeah. with a shaved head. So she's obviously, you know, showing her colors and where she comes from. Uh, and the kids are all very, I mean, gay young men are probably very left-leaning. Are they officially gay or we're just assuming? I'm just assuming they're gay. Okay. If I, it's funny. When I thought, about, I thought about this, I thought about all the best, the most well-spoken kids in my high school, the boys. Because boys in high school can barely form a sentence. Right. And I think the most well-spoken boys in my high school all turn out to be gay. Pretty much 90% of them. Like yeah. the kids who were like 16 and could like really give a great speech or communicate in full sentences and were really kind of moving in their speech or could deliver a poem in class or a recitation in class that was, like, moving in any way whatsoever, yeah. all turned out to be gay. Yeah, and the kids that, that dressed well. Yes. And, and, and there's different versions of this. There's the suit and tie kid, which probably a serial killer, but gay, yes. also gay, yes. not, at the very least. The briefcase guy. That guy was a fucking weirdo. And then there's also the, like, bedazzled gangster guy. Just anyone that's putting a lot of thought into it turns out to be gay. Or just any drama guy, because I'm pretty sure every single male in my drama in in high school turned out to be gay as well. Um, You know, it's funny. In my high school, there was a a, male drama teacher was arrested for having hot tub touching time with uh, the boys in the drama drama class. Mm. But... The boys in the drama class were the first ones to come out and defend him. <laughs> because they were like 17-year-old dudes, and he was like 28 or whatever. And they were enjoying their gay sex time in the hot tub. And, you know, it was illegal, of course. But it was really sort of this no harm, no foul. Because it wasn't like he was pushing kids into this. The boys were looking for sex with guys. And, you know, it was just sort of like, that was just assumed. That was drama. That's what I always thought about drama club or drama class, which is gay dudes in a hot tub. But now then someone shoots up their school, and now they're on TV. They get doing the rounds on, on television. I'm kind of sick of them for that, but also because I do think, and people have pointed this out over and over again, there's a clear distinction between the treatment that you know, well-spoken white kids get after tragedies versus minority kids or less privileged kids or kids uh, black or Hispanic that don't speak as well, don't have media presence yeah. in their high schools or their streets or whatever it's happening. There's been... A number of cases, obviously, even since Parkland, of like minority kids being shot up in other play all over the country, and there's no, they're not doing rounds and rounds on national TV shows and things like that. And it's partly because white kids just sell better, 
and partly because you have seven amazingly well-spoken, neat, shiny white kids for television. Yeah, and, and obviously a mass shooting because of the you know the sensationalism and that it plays on people's fears, I guess, of uh, just being shot by a random crazy person. You know, that's going to get more attention than uh, one or two kids getting shot at at a time in Chicago. But when you look at the numbers mass shootings like it's way le- way way less than one percent of of oh, yeah. gun deaths and gun deaths are uh shoot now i'm gonna forget the st- uh, stat but around 70 percent uh two-thirds black people yes um and it's largely handgun largely handgun violence yeah so inner city inner city urban i mean the numbers in chicago detroit oakland cities like that are just ridiculous and they continue to climb yeah and and uh, you know i just haven't heard much about it. I mean, you know, Miami's right there, and the same type of shit's happening. But you think people are being killed in Liberty City still? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is no one, no one brought it up. It's like when it happens to these, you know, rich white kids, it's a problem. Plus, if you think about it, how big, you know, uh, palatial the school is. Yes, you can't cap off that many kids in an inner city school because you're, you know, you're in like. Uh, there's corners and walls everywhere. Like you, someone's going to take you out. Plus, you know, someone probably already has a gun in there in the first place. You, you know, oh, I, I'm a complete, you know, my theory on, on why they don't have mass shootings like in urban high schools is because there's so. I think I've told you before. There's so much violence outside the school that kids who are like deranged like that have so many other violent gun shoot 'em up outlets for themselves, like in gangs. Yeah, that they don't even think to go to their high school to commit a violent act they if they want to go kill someone they go kill someone in different colors you know at the gang at whatever street turf yeah that makes sense there's so i mean from the age of 11 or 12 those kids are like into a violent world outside of school so there's no reason school to them is a completely foreign concept (laughs) if they go but they certainly don't think like i'm gonna go kill a bunch of people i don't know at school they have so much violence in their culture outside of school that they don't need it whereas kids like nicholas cruz he's all pent up he's got nothing to do and he takes vengeance out on like a bunch of other Florida kids, Florida kids in his yeah. high school because nobody will pay attention to him anywhere else. He can't just go shoot anybody else. And the inner city kid, he has like enemies. They, you yes. know, it may be contrived, yes. but nonetheless, like they do actually hate each other. And and the point is that they're supposed to like kill each other. And you whereas, get point, you get points for that. You can rise yeah. up because of that. It's sort of like a corporate menta- corporate business mentality, right? You're, yeah, you're not trying to kill randoms so much. It just wouldn't. It, you'd be seen as kind of a a dick move in the gang culture. I <laughs> yes. think. Yeah, especially girl killing girls or shooting like drama kids. Drama kids to school doesn't pass. And, all right, I'll let the Parkland kids go on for a little longer, but they should go back. To, they should go back to school. Uh, I am kind of sick of. The, I am kind of sick of how good their skin is. It really bothers me. I don't trust teenagers with perfect skin. There's something wrong with them. Matt, let me ask you about St. Patrick's Day. What did you do for St. Patrick's Day? Can you remember it? It was a couple week, a week or two ago now. I sh- what day was it? A Saturday? It was uh, like nine days ago. I, oh, I went with uh, my. I assume you just woke up from it. I went with my independently wealthy friend to uh, Rock and Riley's and uh, got bored and left. Wow, that's it. Really is. <laughs> I can't do the St. Patrick's Day thing anymore, man. No. It's like you know. It's, it's too much. It's amateur hour. It feels like you, especially being Irish, must feel like it's very contrived to actually have one day a year to go out and get drunk when there's 364 <laughs> other days to do the exact same thing. 
where there aren't people where aren't non-Irish people wearing green shit all over the place. Yeah, it's just corny. Like you see the person, it doesn't offend me at all. But you see the person dressed up in the green, like crazy outfit. It's like, all right, we're not like on the same level. No. I don't want to hang out with this person. No, you're not a real Hibernian. Is this is this why you don't see Mexican people at Cinco de Mayo uh, happy <laughs> Cinco de Mayo happy hours on the in Los Angeles? I think there's that combined with the fact that Cinco de Mayo isn't no. really a holiday, as far as I know. St. Patrick's Day is not really a holiday either. Yeah, but yeah, you look at drunk and talk about the snakes or some shit. I don't like know that. the history of Cinco de Mayo, but I think it's almost just an arbitrarily yes. Like whereas you know St. Patrick. Uh, I don't know the history of that either. I'd assume it's because there's so many Irish people came to America. They, well, uh, they do actually celebrate St. Patrick's Day in Ireland. They do get drunk there and wasted and wear green okay. and shit like that. But it's here, it just seems to be 90% non-Irish people just getting wasted and chicks getting drunk and hanging their tits out and stuff. Uh, but this leads me to your, your fantastic essay on the Irish. Oh, thanks. And how you were first uh, uh, offended by the fact that... Uh, People made fun of Irish for being drunk ass for being drunk assholes on St. <laughs> yeah. Patrick's Day. But uh, what, what was the turnaround in your discovery? Well, yeah, so Saturday Night Live was a big part of it. There's also just the people, like you said, walking around and like, oh, let's get hammered. It's like, okay, you're probably bastardizing a culture to some degree there. Although also fairly accurate in terms of the uh, drinking part. Um, so SNL had a sketch that was like this Irish guy. It was like a dating panel. Right. And the whole joke that they kept repeating was that the Irish people wanted to fuck their cousins. And uh, I was like, that's not even a stereotype. No. You know? Um, and then I was looking at, so especially when like Pakistan, for example, half the people there are married to their cousins. So if, if you're, you're going to do... They're arranged marriage to their cousins. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to do a sketch about people fucking their cousins, why aren't they Pakistani as opposed to... Uh, or Pakistan... I don't know how you say that. Um pakistani um so yeah but then i was like you know what so i was never offended by it but i was like okay there's a, a hypocrisy here you know i talked to my native american friends and they're not too happy with people dressing up like them for halloween yes um uh, with good reason um and then i just realized you know the irish made it they, there was some discrimination not yes. like african Americans felt, but definitely they were discriminated against in hiring. As, immigrant, um, as immigrants. Uh, yeah, and what a lot of people don't mention, too, is part of that is because it was customary for them to drink all day at work. <laughs> and when you got to America, that wasn't as much of a thing. Well, they were, I, I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the Irish of the last century that came to America were sort of like the Mexicans, the Latin Americans of today, and that they were largely unskilled, largely unskilled, you know, largely unskilled workforce. Yeah. So they took the shit. Jo- they took the really shitty jobs. They took shitty jobs, and then they, um, you know, they became a white mafia. They all became yes. police officers <laughs> to uh, compete with the Italian mafia. Um, Italian mafia, obviously, way cooler yes. than the uh, Irish police thing. But that's a that's a trope for a reason. They all became police officers. That's why people say Officer O'Malley and stuff yes. like that. Um, Anyway, at this point, there's virtually no discrimination towards the Irish, and I think that's why it doesn't bother people to bastardize their culture, because you just know it's not really going to hurt anyone's feelings. And I think that's but they've So the Irish have arrived, right? You they, can, they've arrived. Well, yeah. you've arri- you, you've arrived as a minority group such that the Irish are a minority group. They were, at some point 100 years ago, pretty discrim- heavily discriminated minority group, uh, at least in the, in, the urban er- in the urban areas, by the people who had been here before. But they, once, you, once you can take a joke, you've arrived, right? Yeah. Because I, th- yeah. I was thinking if there was some kind of uh, holiday where, 
for example, you uh, celebrated Martin Luther King Day and you ate fried chicken and played basketball and did break dancing. That would be ugly. <laughs> and, and, and similar with uh, if there was a Middle Eastern thing and everyone wore a turban and you know did, did Taliban chants or whatever. <laughs> but the reason that's ugly is not because there's some kind of uh, system in place of, of discrimination or whatever. The reason it it's ugly is because those people actually face discrimination and so it's simply not ever going to be funny to make fun of them until they've you know gotten past that because cops are not like shooting unarmed irish men like in the streets of sacramento <laughs> yeah they're not like they're not like turning off their uh, cam body cameras and shooting unarmed like irish guys yeah like I'm, hey mick turn around <laughs> like exactly got you. there's always going to be some comedian who's probably some Republican guy and thinks, oh, you know, how come uh, white comedians can, uh, or black comedians can make fun of white guys and do the white guy voice, but, uh, you know, a white guy comes up and starts making fun of black people, that's not going to fly. It's like, well, why don't you try it? The reason it's not going to work is because it's just a heavy thing that, you know, brings up a lot of bad memories. If you're not, if you're not in a, and this, to some degree this bothers me, but if you're not in a, of a minority group that's oppressed, you cannot speak to oppression, right? Right. And that bothers me in the sense that it's half true, but half really super fucking annoying because it allows, <laughs> it allows people in an in a, a officially oppressed minority group to say whatever the fuck they want right. about other people. And we know that, we know that black people and, and, and Latino people and Asian people are as racist as anybody else. Yeah. And they're allowed to say shit. And not just about white people, but like black people making jokes about Latino people can get away with anything because they're black and therefore people give them a pass on anything. Whereas if you're white, you can't do that. So it's used for good. It's used for proper purposes, I think, but also for ugly purposes as well. Yeah. I mean, I'll still talk about whatever I want. And I hate that argument. Like, well, if you're not black, you can't talk about what it's like to be black. And it's like, okay, probably not like in certain terms, but I can still have my stupid ass opinion. And, uh, I mean, you know, like, I'll listen to a, a homeless guy talk about what it's like to fly private. He probably has no idea what he's talking about. Yes. Probably like, yeah, there's a pinball machine. Like, okay. But he still has a right to do that, and perhaps he might even make uh, a solid point. It's, it's like the mansplaining thing. Yes. It's like, okay, so Stephen Hawking talking about uh, the potential for time travel. Is that mansplaining? <laughs> or is that because, you know, he is the most accomplished authority on this subject. So. What was, Matt? Was. Oh, yeah. yeah rest in. <laughs> um, you kind of ruined his whole death by the fact that the day he died, you talked all about how he liked to finger women. <laughs> well, also the fact that there's no way he wrote all those books. Yeah. When he published those books, he could speak one word uh, per minute. Yeah. And the books are like 30,000 words. So do the math. I, I like I like that on the day of his death you took the opposing point of view. <laughs> Stephen Hawking was basically a, a liar, a cheat, and a, and a, 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 a philandering asshole. <laughs> that was that was very positive. You were the one guy I took that. They should have gone to you for your like. Well, here here were the counterpoint in Hawking's life and death. Yeah, it was a real <laughs> counterpoint. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I, I, the whole the whole uh, you know the whole thing about uh, the impression of here. But this leads us into our next topic, which is always women because. The problem with, like, minority groups taking this, like, sort of we have extra special rights is now it's being used most heavily by women, white women especially, yeah. the world's largest majority minority group <laughs> to claim because they are an oppressed, somehow have achieved status of oppressed minority 
but also they're obviously a majority of the population. Most represented people in the country by <laughs> yes. number. Especially white women, they are demographically, and also becoming quickly the most economically and educationally most powerful people in the country. Uh, but they get those same sort of like blanket minority rights to say what they want and to shut down conversations of people being uh, sexist or misogynist or, or women haters if they say anything about it. Uh, which leads us to uh, Bailey Davis. I don't know if you know the names of it. How many cheerleader, NFL cheerleaders can you name? Uh, just Bailey, I think. There's probably a... My favorite uh, 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 cheer, NFL cheerleader story isn't really about an NFL cheerleader, but it comes from the... I don't know if you remember from two, about two years ago, the San Diego Chargers guy, security guy on the sideline, who was masturbating oh, himself while watching the cheerleaders. He was beating off on the field. With his, with his hand in his pants. How yes. would you think no one would notice that? You were the most noticeable. Well, he was a security guy, so no one know, usually typically knows he's a security guy. But somebody was checking out the cheerleaders themselves and then panned their binoculars or the camera over, saw a guy with his hand in his pants stroking himself off to the cheerleaders. Yeah. The security guy. And that's always what I think about, like, whenever the cheerleaders talk about how they're more than just sex objects or they're more than they're just eye candy, I always think about that security guard in San Diego beating himself off who had a quite different opinion on the matter and sort of expressed for the rest of America really what the reason why the NFL has always hired cheerleaders for the sideline. Well, is it? I mean, would you notice? I'm curious about this. If you went to an NFL game and there were no cheerleaders, would you even notice? I mean, I like chicks in skimpy outfits, but no, I just feel like they bring nothing to the table. Well, certainly me. at a stadium with sixty thousand people, they're easily lost, right? No one yeah. who looks at the sidelines in a, during a football game in the first place. Plus, if you're like an, if you're like me sitting in the upper deck. <laughs> and the cheerleaders look like they're about an inch tall down the sideline. There's nothing to see. I also find it a little bit creepy. Like, girls, yes. you're too old for this, actually. Yeah, so I think we decide, like, high school was okay, college got to be kind of creepy, and then if you don't hang up the pom-poms after college, after you're 21, if you don't hang up the pom-poms, there's something wrong with you, not the other people, not the, not the guy on the sidelines beating off to you. Yeah, I mean, I get the dance thing, because that's, I mean... You know, you Dad, can, dude, dance is a cover for strippers. It's not as <laughs> it's neither are great, but the dancing is slutty. It's not supposed to be um, wholesome or no. it, This is just an anachronistic thing. This cheerleading, isn't it? Uh, well, it's a reason why they did Debbie does Dallas right as a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. I mean, the fantasy, the male sex fantasy of cheerleaders has always been there. Right. That's that stigma is never going away. It's never like cheerleaders will be seen as like the same as like CEOs or. The heads of heads of uh, you know advertising agencies or construction firms, right. they'll always be seen as sex objects. There's no way around that. They're dressed skimpy. They're dressed shiny. They have amazing bodies, and they're showing them off. There is all that. They're perky, um, and they're dancing for an almost entirely male crowd. <laughs> well, they're cheering on guys to like compete at combat, essentially. Yeah, yeah. while other guys watch them. So it's not like it's not like they're at a female venue. They're at an all male venue. It's they're basically strippers who keep their clothes on. Yeah, which leads us to Bailey Davis, the uh, Saints cheerleader. So they think the answer is we can't name any cheerleaders. Um, I like the basketball cheerleaders only because uh, the venue is a little smaller and they're really hot usually. Yeah, and uh, they do some some really 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 sexy sexy sultry dancing. It really is like a strip club basically. Coordinated dance with a strip club. It, I mean, to me, as a horny guy, though, it just it doesn't do anything for no. me. Like I've never like stared at the cheerleaders and no. And I'm with my kids or something. It's not really like the venue. Like, hey, there's dudes playing basketball, and hey, there's hot chicks. It's just guys need to be very compartmentalized. Well, it's also the best athletes on the planet, and yes. you're doing like a leg kick. Yes, yeah. I, I prefer to see the gorilla doing flips with the, ba- <laughs> the basket. 
My favorite thing in football games was always dogs catching frisbees. Okay. They always used to do that like at halftime at games and stuff like that. Like the guy would throw the frisbee like 80 yards, and the dog would go get it. I would prefer that to cheer that to see the cheer. See the I remember going in uh, in Fairbanks where I grew up. They had this preseason uh, basketball tournament. I don't think they do it anymore. But you get uh, the really big schools. It's a big deal because people yes. there like basketball and they don't have uh, a lot of outlets. Anyway, they brought in the Phoenix Suns gorilla. Yeah, I love the gorilla. The gorilla. Yeah. So people would be the game would be on. It's like Kansas versus uh, North Carolina, and. Uh, so people are kind of milling around. Then they go, okay, we're going to bring out the gorilla. Yes. Oh, dude, it's standing room only. People love this fucking gorilla. The gorilla does a flip in the, off the trampoline and dunks the ball. I would, I would always take more mascots over girls. Yeah, I want to let you know it's not a real gorilla. Just, uh. <laughs> <laughs> just let you know. But it's so, I mean, that's so, you're right, that's so much fun. So the cheerleader, Bailey Davis, here's the story. She's suing, so she got put on probation from the New Orleans Saints because she fraternized with football players, which doesn't mean she had sex with them, although she might have. It means she atten- cheerleaders are strictly forbidden, NFL cheerleaders, from attending any parties or social events where NFL players attend. They can't even, like, talk to them, right? They can't even talk to them, I think, outside of official capacity, right? So because, obviously, this rule is not just based on some sort of random conspiracy theory. Obviously, cheerleaders used to try and, or the football, let's say the football players try to bang all the cheerleaders because that was easy pickings. And the cheerleaders probably didn't mind having sex with multimillionaires. It's based on decades and decades of this thing going horribly wrong. Yes. Hence necessitating the rules. And by the way, they're both technically sort of employees of the same owner, of the same company, right? So you're having employees having sex, which is a really bad idea So uh, for lawsuits. So they basically said cheerleaders, there's a, there's a wall between cheerleaders and players. Yeah. Uh, so she got put on probation for that. And then uh, this past week, she posted a photo of herself. They're not allowed, the cheerleaders are not allowed to post risque uh, semi-nude or lingerie photos of themselves on, on social media, which is sad because really that's what we're all looking for. So Bailey Davis posted a photo that she claimed was a swim, one-piece swimsuit, but I think, I don't know if you agree, it's clearly lingerie. I don't think you've, I don't see you doing like the 100 meters, 100 meters stroke. <laughs> I thought it was a swimsuit. I didn't analyze it too much. It, 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 you know, there aren't a lot of V-neck, like really deep V-cut swimsuits for women. Right. Where you're actually supposed to swim in them? I mean, maybe you could walk around a Vegas pool with that probably on, but you're not going to the pool with that thing on. Uh, a sheer, a sheer. It looked like a nighty of some sorts. So she was trying to kind of skirt the rules a little bit. She it was, was borderline. To, it was borderline. Then they fired her. Then she wrote on Instagram with her photo that she was not trying to wear, gla- not trying to wear. What she how she put it so eloquently? She was not trying to wear glass slippers, but break the glass ceiling. Mm. Pretty deep. The glass ceiling of cheerleaders posing in lingerie. <laughs> I guess. Excuse me. Here's, here's the thing: if you're a woman and you are, uh, atta- you know, you are fired for anything, just claim gender discrimination, which is what she did, uh, because it doesn't matter what your occupation is, whether you work in a, in, a, in a coal mine where there probably is a ton of gender discrimination, or you're an NFL cheerleader where you see gender discrimination seems almost impossible, since every single person you work with is a woman. Uh, but she claims. She's filing a lawsuit now claiming that the cheerleaders and the players have completely different sets of rules, and that's gender discrimination. Which, by the hmm. way, just before we even start talking about this, she's going to get some money out Do of this. Do the players and the janitors have different rules? Because, uh, you know, these guys are bringing in a lot of money. Yeah, they seem to have completely... They'd probably be afforded a few privileges. Yeah. Well, just they, like the CEO has different rules for, than the... Um, yeah, I compare this to like Uber. So uh, you have the Uber like executives who make millions of dollars. You probably have a certain set of rules they clearly didn't follow. 
And then you have the Uber drivers who have another set of rules that no one seems to give a shit about either, to be fair. <laughs> right. But yeah, they're probably not doing criminal background checks for 10 years like on the executives they hire. They're probably, the executives are probably allowed to do drugs if they want or drink if they want to or have whatever un- non-safe driving records, whereas the drivers technically are not supposed to, although we all learn they're mostly serial killer immigrants. Serial killer immigrants speak a little English. There does seem to be a massive rise in Uber rapists, I have to say. Yeah. It does seem to be right about 12% of all Uber drivers are, have convicted, convicted sex felons. Uh, my idea is that there should be a separate Uber category for that when you order your car. Like, it's a little bit cheaper than UberX, and it's like Uber sex offender. <laughs> you, you, for, like, you and I would probably take it, like save a couple bucks and drive with a convicted sex offender because <laughs> we'd feel pretty safe. Women could take their chances if they want like, to pay $8 instead of $12 for the ride. Go with the guy who got arrested once for sexual assault in the 90s. It's just, and then, by the way, he's from Georgia, like Russian Georgia or something like that. So who even knows what happened? Do they even do – I know they do background checks on the drivers, but what about the passengers? Because I had this Uber driver that was – this was insane. She was like a 25-year-old 10 Russian model yeah. driving an Uber for like $3 to drive me across town. Uh, That's a good, a good question. They don't. But I don't think any taxi service would ever know who was getting in their car. And they get – by the way, they do get – Assaulted. It happens they've been assaulted. And taxi drivers, of course, have been robbed or beaten and stuff like that before. It's a really as, as semi-glamorous as they try to make it for the new economy, like as part-time work, after work. It's a pretty, you know, if you're not a guy like us, it's a pretty sketchy business to be in. Yeah. Uh, and even guys, even guys, there's been those cases where the drunk guys have tried to beat them up or steal their shit. UCLA player, like uh, last year, I remember a football player got arrested for like, being drunk and beating up one of the Uber drivers. It's just not... Well, they're so vulnerable because there's no partition or anything, and they're yeah. sitting there. Like, you could just strangle them to death if you wanted to. And you're to. mostly picking up dr- drunk people, generally, yeah. uh, and, and late at night. In, in neighborhoods, by the way, you don't know because you're not a taxi driver, so you don't even know the neighborhood. So you're in, like, a strange place that GPS took you to, and you don't know where you're going, and you're staring at your fucking GPS because you don't know where the hell you are. Right. It, it's it's kind of scary. But back to Bailey there. So <laughs> by the way, she's not, a, she's not that attractive. I thought she was... Really? Well, yeah. she's your type. Let me see. Yeah, no. But uh, so she's suing. So uh, here's a question. I almost wish... This is what I something I was thinking about. Like, these, people frame these cases like they're being forced into NFL cheerleading as if be a, being a, an adult cheerleader is something you have to get into. Can't we get to a place where we just admit some jobs are really shitty for women and almost all of them are completely volunteer efforts that women get themselves into? So, I mean, a, a higher level order this might be like, say, being a female assistant for the Weinstein Company, <laughs> where you knew it was a shitty job, and the day one you knew that the guy was screaming and yelling and, and banging actresses in his office, but you stuck around anyhow. And, and by the way, this is not the old days when perhaps women had to, it was harder for women to break into the sort of business side of the business. A young, white, well-educated, you know, Ivy League degreed woman in the entertainment business can get a job anywhere. Yeah. Literally anywhere. Uh, so they stuck with Weinstein because he was a powerhouse. But women who go into cheerleading, where, by the way, they don't get paid. I assume they get their asses slapped all the time by dudes. They have to work. You mentioned they do appearances for free. They have to do practices for free. They don't. They really, I mean, they sued, I think, at one point, the Buffalo Bills cheerleaders sued to get, like, $10 an hour for their work. Yeah. I think they were getting paid, like, $2 an hour under some, like, just paid for their gas money, basically. And I'm sure when you go in uh, to do this, when you apply, the grizzled old cheerleader coach says, <laughs> yes. here's the deal, this yes. sucks, know what you're getting into. Um, you can't fuck the players, and you can't post pictures of your titties on, on social media. But how could you really, 
stop them? I mean, I know the play, the players don't seem all that interested, but how could you stop them from exchanging numbers? I'm wondering if that's actually fair. No, it's not actually. The rule is they can't fraternize, but the only place they would know it was if it's in a semi-official event. Right. So if like, there's a player party and they go to the player party, or if there's a club that has a thing with the players and they go to the club or something like that, they know. They know right. the players are going to be there. Right. They're the fucking cheerleaders. They know. And I don't think the cheerleaders are trying to get with the players anymore, although it still happens on occasion. I think someone recently got married, a player recently got married to a cheerleader, the Bengals player, like three years ago or so. Yeah. But they're meeting a lot of wealthy business guys at all these events, and that's sort of the upside of this whole thing. But if you select yourself into any of these incredibly inter- inherently demeaning jobs for, as a woman, is there some level at which we just have to say you sign up for the... You sign, I mean, like if, if a guy signs up or a woman signs up to be a police officer and they get shot at, we don't go like... Yeah, oh, that sucks, dude. I didn't see that, didn't see that coming. Right. You don't get to sue. Like, I didn't know this was going to happen. You sign up for a really shitty job that, by the way, 60 other women really wanted, and you took their job. Uh, so just stop fucking complaining. Stop compl- Short of assault, being assaulted, or being obviously physically harmed in any way, just the job sucks. You signed up for it because you're vain or you have some sort of agenda going on. Just deal with it. Yeah, and and grow up like because this isn't a career. It, no. It's it's a it's a vanity project, right? Isn't that all it is? Unless you can use it to parlay it into some better gig. You're 25. You're wearing a short skirt and a tiny top and dancing with glitter on your face in front of 40,000, 50,000 dudes. And by the way, that's your job. That's your job. I don't know about lingerie, but players can't post dick pics on on the internet without some kind of. Uh, Consequence, you know, they can't. Oh, they get busted. They can't wear the wrong sneakers. They wear or face paint or anything like that. They, they can't can... smoke pot, even in states in which pot is legal in no. that state. They can't. They can beat their spouses. Apparently, that's still, that's still that's still generally fully accepted. Right. But outside of that, yeah, they they get drug tested regularly and randomly. They get suspended from their work if they if they fail drug tests. They can't make overt political statements. They can't do much stuff. I mean, even some of them even were going to be fired for kneeling during the national anthem. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the NFL, which is this very conservative. Um, you know, all the owners are, are Republican billionaire guys, and it's uh, you know, it's it's this. They want it to be um, a thing it, like how family things friendly. used to be a family, a Norman Rockwell thing. Yeah, you know? I think if you sign up for a shitty, if you're a chick and you sign up for a shitty chick job that you really now you sign up for, it's not like you got pushed into it. You've had to fight to get it. Let some other let some other woman take it. You don't need that. You don't need that shit. Now, you know, there's other plenty of other jobs an attractive blonde woman can get. It doesn't have to involve yeah. cheerleading. And no one's saying that you deserve to have your ass slapped either. But you know, that you explicitly violated the terms of your contract. Like, what are we talking about? She got fired. She's, I say she gets fifty grand. I'm going fifty grand. I'm um, got an email from Eric. I know something you've been complaining about for years, Matt, is the fact that. Men give female chick give chick flicks bad reviews on the internet. It's one of your bigger complaints. And to be fair, if you re, if you look at the IMD meet any, any open poll on movies, say IMDb is a famous one, where like anonymous users on the internet get to vote on things. Just like Trump always gets like a ninety five percent approval rating on internet polls. Right. Like any any like open poll where you don't even need to have a registered Facebook account to do it, where they vote on like on movies and movies are good or bad. They're going to be. 80% guys voting, largely angry young, angry young men. No matter what the poll is, that's what it's going to be. So chick flicks are definitely going to be nailed lower on IMDb ratings than, say, 
Power Rangers or Transformers or Pacific Rim Uprising, which will get a really high user score because 17-year-old boys happen to love that shit. Right. But Rotten Tomatoes is different because everyone hates Rotten Tomatoes, but Rotten Tomatoes is actually one of the most honest rating systems there is. It's not perfect by any means, but it takes about 350 critics from around the country, verified, valid, major outlet critics. So you have to have written like 100 or 150 reviews. You have to work for an outlet that has like at least a 50,000, 100,000 number audience. Then you get reviewed on your reviews for a while. So it's fairly, you know, it's fairly well healed. Yeah. Um, but they, women still claim that their women, chick flicks are being, uh, getting poor scores on Rotten Tomatoes because m- supposedly male critics are giving female movies, female directed and female led movies, poor scores. These male critics who are 90% gay. Uh, gay beta males yeah. living in, I'm sure, you know, there might be who some. Who love like Cher and, and who love, <laughs> I Love Lucy and shit like that. Yeah, who love like uh, uh, indie, indie culturally progressive films that, can't, that love sort of cutting edge avant-garde films, Darren Aronofsky films. Right. Yeah, right. Those guys are all sexist, misogynist, like guys. And by the way, they always give like, Nine percent to uh, Kevin Hart movies, or the tra- opposite of the Transformers, <laughs> right, right. or anything science fiction or violent or action. Whereas they, by the, by the way, gave Wonder Woman what like a ninety nine. They got like a ninety nine percent and everything else. It may be there's some inherent bias in the fact that men might overall might prefer movies for guys or not understand movies for women. I, do you see Lady the movie Lady Bird? Yeah, I felt the entire time watching Lady Bird, and I liked it. But I felt the entire time like this movie's not for me, <laughs> right? I feel like if I was like a woman, especially a young woman, but a woman, that I would totally get this movie a lot more. As much as I enjoyed it for other purposes, I, I thought, thought it was one of the best movies I saw of the year. But yeah, I did too. I get what you're saying. Like, I, there's a movie. There's a bit of bunch of these movies. There's a movie called Seventeen the year before, a coming of age story. All these coming of age stories for girls. Men inherently aren't going to understand some of the things in there. Right. Like when the chick starts crying, I wish they were like, well, well, I don't get that. Or <laughs> the mom and daughter are fighting. That's a mom-daughter thing. You don't experience it as a guy. Those fight, what those fights Yeah, a guy like. is not going to like Sex in the City as much as uh, a woman, typically, because it's, yeah, it's not for them. Or even a personal film about female experience, coming of age. Whereas we watch like Rudy, and we go, yeah, Rudy. <laughs> like, yeah, that was, that was me. I could have been a football player. I should have been, you know, have my chance or whatever else. We get like sports movies or... Guys have to like beat up their bully overcoming coming of age stories, uh, but that's that's sort of what I felt when I when I watched Lady Bird, even though I knew it was good. So this female director and I can't remember her name because I just refuse to remember the names of female directors or male directors for that point that matter. <laughs> is starting this film called Cherry Picks. Get it? Cherry Picks. Mm. It's like a triple entendre. Am I supposed to get it? Well, I think it's Cherry Picks because they're they're cherry picking films, and also it's cherry because they're only going to be women. It's only going to be women, and I don't know what the third one is, but. It's, it's a cherry, like it's a, a cherry, like a tomato, like a hime. Well, no, I think it's like cherry because oh, like tomatoes. a smaller tomato. Yeah, it's like another fruit or something like that. I could they could have done better. Yes, honestly, uh, Cherry Fix is not a bad website name. I have to say. So they start this female director, backed by other female women in the business, are starting their own Rotten Tomatoes website, where it's only going to be female movie critics reviewing films, not just female films, but all films, but only female reviewers. So that a female audience can get a better feel of the scoring for films based on what they might like. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's my question: Is this a solid idea, or is this completely is this a a, a made up problem, or is this the wrong solution to a real problem? I don't I'm not offering that. I'm not offering the chance that it's actually a good solution to a real problem. <laughs> I do not think it's a real problem because, like you said, any 
a, a sports movie or a Transformers movie, a superhero movie is none of these male centric movies are especially well reviewed, no. you know, compared to how much the audience likes them. Um, I think a lot of this started with Amy Schumer. Like she did actually get targeted and trolled by like the alt right, but yeah, of course. It's also a lot of people find her really annoying, and so. The, but they did like target her film on I think Netflix to give it a bad rating. They all. I mean, if you look at like a what's who's a fat documentary Roger, what's his face? Uh, Michael Moore. <laughs> Michael Moore. I was gonna say Roger Moore, but he was just a gay James Bond. Uh, Roger Moore. Yeah, of course. I mean, people are gonna get, rip all his movies on on anything where you can vote openly. All the uh, Republicans are going to like give him a shitty review and just call him a fat slob and a loser and stuff like that. But Ron Tomatoes doesn't like that. Ron Tomatoes specifically prevents that from happening. So you have, first of all, a lot of female reviewers in the first place. And second of all, like you said, a lot of metrosexual, beta, gay, leading beta male movie reviewers. So there's obviously, I mean, yeah, you'd have to point out to me more than like two or three reviewers on there out of the hundred, several hundred, that even seem the least bit masculine. Or heavily masculine leaning in their in their criticism to make this even relevant. You couldn't be employed as a as like a top critic, professional, full time movie critic if you just bash uh, movies starring women or directed by women just out of your own insecurities or whatever. No. Like that would just never work. You'd be fired immediately. No, even like the one or two guys who didn't like Wonder Woman uh, got got trashed for that. <laughs> got trashed for that. By the way, there's. I mean, these are, these are movie critics. These aren't like uh, holy warriors. They want their job. They want to keep their jobs. So there's some ex- to some extent, they must be politically correct. No one's going to come out, like I said with Black Panther, no one's going to come out and say, this is an absolutely shitty movie because they would have been murdered. At their, they would have, there would have been a boycott for them to be fired at their newspapers or outlets. Yeah. And they probably would have been fired. Yeah, and, and in fact, not only is this not a real problem, to some degree, if, if anything, I think it's the it's the inverse you know i think the example i always use is uh um bridesmaids yes. which they made after the hangover and the hangover got shitty reviews and bridesmaids got great reviews and they're basically the same movie exact, exact same movie. one had women and one had men um so i think if anything especially if it's a female directed movie in this day and age you're going to get a little bit of a bump if anything although like you said i i think it's mostly fair i mean i know that they um uh, you know they interpret certain uh, reviews yes. as either positive or negative if it's a big studio film, um, such as uh, Black Panther. Well, but. I think the way people what people don't understand about how the, that tomato meter score works is it's not the critics aren't giving the movie a score of ninety eight. Right. They're just giving it a generally positive or generally negative. So someone at Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, decides if it was positive or negative, and and there is some uh, right. And also, if, if you don't, if you didn't like Black Panther but you want to keep your job. You're still going to write like a lukewarm review of it, right? You're, you're not going to write a trash. You're not going to write a hit piece on Black Panther, right? You're going to say like, "Look, it's not my favorite Marvel movie. It could have been a lot better." And this was the problem. This was the problem. But in general, I recommend it because you don't want to lose your job, right? So that therefore that goes into the scoring of like 99 percent or 100 percent when it came out of all critics <laughs> think this was a good movie because they all thought it was like a 51 a 51 at least on their own score. So that was a little ridiculous. So you're not going to cherry picks, Matt? There's a real persecution <laughs> complex yes. of women in Hollywood. Oh my god. Jesus. I mean, what are we talking about? You can't just make up a problem and pretend it's real and just because you want to drive traffic to this website that may or may not even work out. Well, I don't I don't I honestly think I don't think it's even that cuz this is a working director. She's got she's got a lot of jobs lined up. I don't think she's doing cherry picks to make money cuz I don't think it will even make money. I think they really feel the oppression. I think they really see the oppression of like, I'm a female director. 
I did this movie that should have been reviewed really well, but didn't get reviewed well, and it's because I'm a woman. And if we had all female critics, they would have understood it better and give me a better review. And therefore, and the, and the Rotten Tomatoes does have a, an financial impact on the fi- on small films. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. If you're a, not for a big studio film, but if you're a, an independent film and you get a great review, it's a big bump for you. But if that's the way that this woman feels, she's psychotic. Uh, I think it's how most women feel in Hollywood. <laughs> Here's an interesting factor. So I have uh, 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 on LinkedIn. I have many, many thousands of, of LinkedIn followers, almost entirely people in Hollywood, probably 90% people in Hollywood. So I would say 5,000 people in Hollywood. So I get updates on uh, just the way LinkedIn works. I get updates every time someone in that network, which I would say my, my network is probably half of, half of Hollywood, right. gets a job or gets a promotion. It automatically happens. The minute they change their status to their new job, it happens. It updates automatically. They get a, reg- a little feed and notice about it. I would say it's 90 percent women yeah. that are getting new jobs, getting hired into new jobs, or being promoted are, are women in Hollywood. And I know this is a counterbalance to probably what happened in the uh, decades previously, but certainly you'd think, and maybe the, maybe the whole, if you look at the status, you know, snapshot photo, it's still mostly men in these positions. Clearly, there's a huge advantage to being a woman in Hollywood right now. Well, yeah, uh, right now, the, even if men are still overrepresented, I mean, if you're hiring women at a completely overrepresented rate, then that's not going to be equal 30 years from now when these guys die. No, they they're all being, they're, yeah, they're, it's like, it's sort of like, uh, yes, at one time there was no black basketball players in college basketball. And then when it was a Texas Western and I think Loyola Chicago and a couple others started having them and they won every game, within, oh, three years, four years, every single team had a heavy African-American representation, and at some point the NBA became 80% African-American. Yeah. So it happened, pretty fa- it happened pretty fast. There was a huge discrimination, like a zero-tolerance discrimination against black players. But the minute they opened the door, it was dramatically over-represented. Over- I mean, represented by their merit, but over-represented in terms of demographics. So you're right, that's going to happen with women, because if they're hiring 90% women now, in 20 years from now, the women will be dramatically overrepresented in the business. So I don't think there's a yes. I think minority, real minorities, still have a uphill battle, in probably every, almost every single industry, short of the NBA. Uh, but women do not have an uphill battle any longer in Hollywood. So that's seems Ava, Ava DuVernay seems to get a lot of chances to direct films. I you know I think because she is a minority woman, uh, that if like Wrinkle in Time was a male director and it tanked that badly. They would have to go on a little hiatus for a little while. She just booked another $100 million movie. Right. Uh, Matt, let me ask you. Uh, Would you say the last bastion of male-female genteelness is the fact that uh, the unwritten rule that you don't talk about the sex you had with sex lives or sexual performance of people you dated dated or were married to in the past? Wasn't that sort of the unspoken, unwritten rule of relationships? It's just a really bad look. You, you know, you should never you should never do that. You should be mature and uh you 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 couldn't look like more of a jerk. I don't understand when this rule got broken. It's been heavily broken by rappers for for one who not only are talking about the bitches that they banged and how they banged them and how the girls were like on the floor rolling around and whatever the fuck they were doing like details but actually filming it and releasing sex tapes on the girls they had sex with or other rappers had sex with that they watched it's a real there's no way to do and on the female side there's no way to do this without actually being sort of like really hating the other person or really hating the other gender it's a really sort of you know infantile juvenile I mean yeah if you bang a hot model you're going to tell your buddies I banged the hot model 
Uh, but you're not going to discuss like you know the sex life of like your girlfriend. Yeah, your I was going to say. I mean, it, you could you could say I had sex with this person, or I had sex with my girlfriend last night. But that's about where it stops for me. There's some weird women who, women who don't understand men believe that women in Hollywood, I'm sure, believe that men all talk about their sex lives. Like they all get to the office and discuss like the sex they had and what happened in the bedroom. No, there's like one guy that there's does that. There's one guy and everybody <laughs> hates total weird. And everybody fucking hates that guy because they know he's getting off on it. Yeah. It's just disturbing. Guys don't say that. They will talk about a, con- a, a, a nice conquest they had in passing. But nobody gives details about their sex lives outside of outside of. Really if the chick did something really weird, yes, you might even tell that story. But I would I would argue you might not even name. You might just say this one time. Yeah, this happened. Otherwise, you get into that realm of in the company of men, where you have like sort of sociopathic men who hate women discussing sex with women as a sort of a denigrating thing. And guys pick yeah, up on that pretty quickly. For sure. And just being smart, you know that if you start doing that, she's going to do the same thing. And there's no way of verifying no. if what she's saying is true or not. So all it's of a sudden you have a, an inch and a half long dick. Yeah. So <laughs> so Vivica, Vivica A. Fox, never understood the initial. That's a SAG thing, right? Um, and uh, and uh, 50 Cent have been trading the last since they dated. 50 Cent has sort of a... a most one of the most weird arrays of past girlfriends <laughs> in the past, including like Chelsea Handler and Vivica A. Fox and a bunch of other you know rappers and models and just sort of random women of Hollywood kind of thing. Yeah, he he actually came into town. He came into the into the broader entertainment business as like the gangster with the bullet wounds and shit like that. And that clearly must have turned out a lot of women because he got with a lot. He got with a lot of like sort of uh, uh, non gangster women pretty fast. Pretty fast. Yeah, that must have been a great play for him. Imagine that being a dude and showing off his bullet holes and stuff like that. That's not a bad deal. Are his bullet holes even visible? I don't. Know. I feel like they say he got shot in the face. I'm like, well, I'm looking at his face, and I, I feel like I would notice a bullet. I think hole. he got shot four times. Is the story I always heard. So um, nobody will ever beat uh, what's his name, <laughs> the death row guy, Suge Knight, who's been shot like eleven times. Including three times and dragged himself out to his car outside the thing and drove away. I don't think that ever got him laid, though. I think that no. was like, all right, you're a little too dangerous. I, I like a little danger, but... Uh, but 50 Cent's also like a buffed, was a buffed, like, dude. Yeah. He wasn't a fat slob with a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> right. Uh, but he and Vivica Fox now are trading, have been trading uh, open exchanges about their sex life. And I feel, isn't this like the last bit of dignity between the male and female of the species where they sort of... Have agreed not to talk about what each other, what they did in bed with each other. Is that yeah. breaking the? La- I mean, if that goes away, all hell's going to break loose, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Because th- these people are what forty, if not older. Yeah, that's also kind of gross. I mean, it's it's just like, come on, guys. Uh, it, if the one person says something, you're already the bigger person if you just let that go, right? Yeah. Or you say, I mean, first of all, you had sex. Say so you had sex with Vivica A. Fox. She's a hot lady. Yeah, and she's a famous celebrity. You go like, yeah, that was a great time, or whatever, or like, I, I wish she remembered it better. But she's talking about him and what he did in bed. And she was kind of emasculating. Women always emasculate the males, right? She's saying that he wasn't into it, and he. She's basically saying he wasn't good at sex. You call him a cuddler, I think. He's saying that she <laughs> ate his asshole out, um, as if like I don't know if that makes who looks cool or not in yes. that scenario. Yes. Like it's. 
you got to wonder if, if your mom is hearing these things. I mean, just it's, like, it's kind of like the Derek Rose sex stories. <laughs> yeah. And then my two buddies came in the room. And we all had sex with her. Like, woo, dude, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> like you and two other dicks. <laughs> it's amazing. And you're seeing your see all your friends, all your guy friends naked. Must have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they must really hate each other because this is like. You always, even if you're arguing with some chick, you you rarely like kind of bring up this kind of thing. It's it's just like, you know, just something that you just you let it go. It's a hey. I see it a lot in the rap. I mean, he also he got sued right for releasing the sex tape for like ten million. I think he paid out two million or something like that. Yeah, for releasing he, like, a sex tape of another rapper having sex with a girl he used to be with, and something. Like it was some weird bullshit. But it's it's clearly like a really deep mom issue slash female hatred thing. I think so. Where you're like, you really have to denigrate chicks you slept with. They're like, chicks are all whores. And by the way, they are kind of whory if they're sleeping with you. But I mean, you know, but that's like, okay, so realize who you are. Realize what they are. You're both not top-notch people. But you really have to have that extra bit of anger to really, you know, you have sisters. You have a mom. You probably have, da- he probably has daughters. To really talk about a lady like that, what she does in the beat, not your ass and stuff. <laughs> that's really, really got to hate women to do that. I think so, but I think you also have to understand that you're also part of the story. So, like, whatever yes. you guys did, you willingly were engaged in. So, like, I don't know if that makes her a slut, but that would make you equally as uh, deviant, I yes. suppose. Like, yes. You know, I just don't see how you're really proving anything with this. No, it's like the sex tape of, uh, what was the name, the linebacker from the Broncos who had the sex tape of Mexico. Oh, there's uh, Vaughn Miller. Uh huh. There's just no way to come out looking. I mean, there's nothing wrong about what he did or embarrassing, particularly embarrassing, except that he hooked up kind of with a whore in Mexico. <laughs> so there's like, there's no way to spin that as a great victory for anybody. She was like, you know, had sex with a dude because he was a football player, took a tape of it. He had sex with a random, got drunk and had sex with a random prostitute in Mexico. You know what it's almost like saying? Is this chick is so gross? Yes, she had sex with me. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's like, all right, well, <laughs> like, yeah, you're both gross. Yeah, and like, I had sex with a gross dude who like didn't even like women that much and stayed with him for six months for some reason right. because he's famous, I guess, rich and famous. I don't understand it. I think it needs to stop. We need to go back. You talk about going back to Rock Norman Rockwell things. There were a few better things back in the old days. Not many, but a few. Mm-hmm. One was discretion. What was public public commentary on all your on all your personal private lives? Yeah, if you're ever thinking of hitting send on something like this, just really think about it again and and don't just don't do it. Matt, I want to end today with an email from Ryan. Uh, I know this is one of your pet, real legitimate pet peeves: how women get like alimony payments from guys and uh, child support payment from guys above and beyond what the kids need. When they break up with like wealthy guys, and you don't you don't feel the women deserve to get half of all the shit. No, it's ninety one. So look quickly. Yes, in dual income households in America, it's sixty percent of the time the guy makes more money than the woman, meaning a large you know chunk of women are making more than the guy. But the alimony is ninety percent, ninety one percent of the cases go to the woman. That's not fair. There's still some uh, areas in, in the United States where sexism reigns that doesn't seem to bother women at all. And one of those is one of those is alimony and child support favorability and, cust- and custody issues for that matter as well. Right. They all tend to. We still live with those 1950s mores about women that they are helpless and need financial assistance from men, and they are the child rearers and they're the nurturers, and the men inherently have to take care of them, which actually kind of works out well for women 
in this instance where they get uh, child support and alimony from guys that they may have been with for like 12 months or 24 months for whatever reason. But I have a turn of events for you. Mm. This should make you happy. So Kevin Federline, uh, I don't know when he was married to Britney Spears. It was before she shaved her head. It was after she was kind of hot and she was young and kind of like 20 and kind of hot and doing her pop shit and like school girl stripping stuff. And then she got like a, she was, you know, she was always a Louisiana girl, right? She was always a trailer trash girl. And then she married this dumbass dude in Vegas, Kevin Federline. I think he was a dancer in, in her troupe, as I recall, from one of her shows. So yeah. He was a, you know, a muscular. Straight background dancer. Yeah. Oh, if you're a straight background dancer, imagine how you could do. Oh, man. You got to put up with all the gay dudes in, in, in the locker room. But outside of that, you, you do get to sleep with, like, Jennifer Lopez or what's-her-face, the, the big-titted uh, Mariah Carey, or you get Britney Spears. Like, when those chicks are looking for sex and you're the only straight guy in the, back, in the background dancer group, you're going to get laid by the lead lady all the time. It's a, kind of a genius move, <laughs> if actually. Can, if you can get away with it. But again, then you have to oil up your body with a lot of gay dudes. Every <laughs> night. Slap on, slap on le- tight leather trousers. So there's that. Uh, but they were married for like, I don't know, a couple of years. They did a reality show, I think, where they ate a lot of fried chicken and got drunk on TV, as I recall. Okay. They're kind of high. Brian remembers this. He did pretty well for himself for yeah. the kind of male model route. Yeah, he got two, and he got two kids out of her. And now, I mean, ever since then, and to this day... He's been getting uh, child support from her, uh, alimony and child support. It's, uh, guys don't really get alimony. They get like money for child, excessive amounts of money for child support, essentially. Mm-hmm. Even though they're not the primary custodian of the kids necessarily, because they take the rich woman's kids for a period of time, they get a large amount of money. So those kids, this is Halle Berry's ex, had the same, filed the same suit. Uh, that the kids have to remain in the same level of comfort they're associated with their mom. So when they go to be at dad's place, dad also has to have a really nice house with a pool, live in a nice area, have a nice car and a suburban and all that kind of stuff too, and enough money to buy them organic food from Whole Foods and shit like that. So push comes to shove, they get 50 grand a month basically to be the baby daddy mm-hmm. and, see the, and take the kids you know, every other weekend and a couple of days during the week. But they don't have to prove that they're spending all this on the kid. No. In fact, they usually will prove, the, the female will usually prove the guy is not spending it all on the kid. Uh, but the way the court works is based on her sort of amount she can pay. And then they, you know, uh, what's his name was doing this? Uh, fuck, who was it? Mel um, Gibson was paying his ex, you know, like $2 million a year and some shit like that. Mm. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of these things. It's all child support, but it's above and beyond, you know, what they need. So Kevin Fairline just turned 40 and asked for more money, <laughs> more money just for child. And he's going to win it. So he's getting 40 grand a month. I think he wants 50 grand a month. There's no evidence that he has any other sort of job or does anything else he just had a huge party in vegas for himself for his 40th with a lot of like stripper looking girls so is that is is not this just desserts and now matt does not this make you happy that a attractive trophy husband uh of 15 years ago is still milking money off of his uh ex rich wife it doesn't make me happy because i you know i don't think two wrongs make a right i think it's kind of funny I, I don't know how he has any self-respect. Um, he's having a good time. He's like, yeah, the kids really wanted to go see Wu-Tang Clan. And you're like, uh, the, ki- the kids <laughs> want to go to Europe with my new girlfriend Yeah, <laughs> for a week. It's, it's pretty scummy. Um, but clearly, he hates her. I mean, I'm assuming that's what most of this is, is vindictiveness. Right? I don't, actually, I don't think so. I think he just wants the money. I think he just wants <laughs> to live a nice life, and he has the kids with her, and you know, I don't know that he wants to work. So this might be like his last 
big contract before the kids uh, turn 18, right? I doubt he's saving any money from this. <laughs> he doesn't seem like this kind of saver. But he's basically lived like, you know, 12 years or whatever it's been now since they, since they split up. Like, nice life based on, this, on these payments. And is this exactly sort of what trophy wives do when they split up from the husbands and sort of just live off the husbands? I mean, traditionally, they've lived off the husbands' uh, divorce settlements. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like you'd, you'd be like, maybe I should get a job. I, I just feel like you would feel like a huge loser and you wouldn't have any self-confidence or self-worth as a person. You're kind of ruining this for me, Matt. But I guess you get over <laughs> it when you keep, you know, you buy a jet ski, you feel yes. bad. Yes. Go down and buy a jet ski and, and uh, you know, go go order the whole menu at the Cheesecake Factory and now your day is a, a little bit better. And you're still getting hot girls coming back to the room with you. Yeah. You're still surrounded by showgirls at your 40th birthday in Vegas at the <laughs> at Caesar's Palace or whatever else you get because you're still actually a slightly well-known name, Kevin Federline. So you still get nice. He treatment. has a lot of name recognition. Yes. based on simply being married to Britney Spears. For he's like almost as famous as Britney Spears. Uh, he, he's always. I mean, he's a tabloid fixture. Yeah, he hasn't really done anything bad that I know of. I mean, I don't, I don't remember him ever being arrested. He's been some drunken things, but nothing really. Horribly bad, and she always says he's a good dad. So he's probably just a really boring dude. I assume he's just a boring dude, but he's got money, and he's he's got Britney Spears kids, and he does well for himself. I thought you could be a little more excited about this, Matt. Now I'm kind of upset. I, I by the way, agree with your newfound opinion. It's kind of lo- it's kind of loserville, uh, but you know, by the same token, it is sort of it is the one of the rarenesses of just desserts, and we're going to see a lot more of this, by the way, going forward. Now that women are getting all the ec- getting economic power and high paying jobs and celebrity jobs. And hooking up with hot dudes, essentially. I would, I would like it a lot more if it were someone that seemed like a, just like an awful chick, you know. Like Britney yes. Spears seems dumb as shit. Yeah, but she doesn't she strike may, me as she may be retarded. Yeah, she might be retarded, yes. but she doesn't strike me as being like a, a terrible person necessarily. No. Maybe, maybe a little bit unaware of her surroundings, but you know, if it was, uh, uh, she never hurt anybody. Other, yeah. other times, she took her kids in the bathroom with a gun and shaved her head. But that wasn't intentional. That was not intentional. <laughs> so, and she, she's, I mean, it's like her lifestyle is affected by this dude. The funny part of the story is that her dad, Britney Spears' dad, I forget his name, Joe, or whatever his name is, he's been living off her, he, you know, she's still under court order custodianship of her money since that time she went nuts and had to be committed. Mm. So, and he's the custodian of that. So he manages all her money. So the tens of millions she gets every year, he still controls it by giving her out, you know, a stipend every month for all her expenses. She also, she still has to submit her expenses to him every single quarter, every year. And by the way, he's recently, I remember the story, he recently asked for a raise in his fees because he has an office that she pays the rent for with a custodianship and pays for his salary to be her financial custodian, essentially. So he seems to be a little bit of the pot calling the kettle black in terms of living off a, living off a, living off a woman. That can be daughter. a full-time job, by the way. And you could do that from home. Yeah. Does he have one client? <laughs> yeah, he's got Brittany. <laughs> he's got his daughter. I can imagine it's like it's been like at least it's been like ten years now, I think, and they're still she still has no control over her money, um, which is probably still a good thing because she's probably still not a great person to Could have. Could be it. like a Brian Wilson situation where she's you know essentially uh, being held captive. Well, drugs. she still gets like she still I saw her thing was still like eight hundred thousand dollars a year, or million dollars a year in living expenses. So she's not doing poorly. She's not doing poorly, but they're not going to let her touch a hundred million dollar nest egg. Because she might just fucking send it to a cat or something somewhere. <laughs> uh, Matt, you have something you wish to pimp and promote on the show this week? Uh, I'm at mattralston.net and uh, doing the show every Tuesday at LaserCat. Where is LaserCat? Where can people find LaserCat? Mm, it's on Sunset right next to Body Shop. Is it near the Hustler, near the Hustler uh, store? 
No, it's further down by like Pink Taco. Oh, by Pink Taco? Okay. Every cool. Tuesday at 9. Every Tuesday at 9. Nice. Brian, what about you? I am performing in beautiful Downey. Oh, yeah. April 7th at the Stardust Club with my Primus tribute band called Rapscallion and my Red Hot Chili Peppers tribute band called Red Hot Psycho Sexies. I play drums in both of them. What, are you doing two tribute bands the same night? Yeah, it's... it's. Um, do you change wigs? What Do people yes, notice? Yes, I will have a quick costume change out of the uh, Chad Smith backward ball cap and the jumpsuit with the sleeves cut off into, uh, I guess, something more dapper for the Primus. You're becoming like Jeff, Jeff Bridges. He's on like six Netflix shows right now at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And I just keep forgetting which... He's on so many shows, I keep thinking, mixing up his characters. That's awesome, Brian. <laughs> right. Downey's in New Japan. That's where bands are going to go to get big. Nice. Like, they used to go to Japan. They Budokan. Get cheap, cheap Trick. Did Budokan. They're, mm-hmm. Now they're going to do Downey. That's awesome. The Stardust Club. Uh, you can't catch me anywhere. Uh, catch me somewhere. I don't know. Last Minute Earth Podcast. I want to thank Rocco's. You guys Rocco's. were fantastic today. Thank you. For, how was the pizza today, by the way? It was good? I liked it. How's that, Matt? Did you get a vegetarian pizza, Brian? Yes. No. You don't strike me as a, you strike me as the least vegetarian person I've ever known who's a vegetarian. Born in Wyoming, there's probably not too many like that. No, that's pretty yeah. Thank you very much, Rocco's Last Month Podcast. Talk to you next week. <laughs>